Luke 12, 13 to 21, the parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me as judge or arbitrator between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this is this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. Father God, we pray that you would guide us this morning, that you would help us to trust you with all of our cares and our worries, that you would work in our hearts, that you would convict us of the places in our lives where we have been uh, greedy, where we have held things back from you. And Lord, we pray that you would work in each of us this morning to make us more and more like your son. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> One day, there were two men walking along together down a road. One of them was a follower of Jesus and the other one was an atheist. And as they walked along chatting away about what they both believed, the atheist said, if there is a God, may he prove himself by striking me down right now. The atheist sort of looked around and, well, when nothing happened, he said, you see, there is no God. But as the atheist began to smile, believing that he proved his point, the follower of Jesus spoke up and he said, no, you haven't. All you've proved is that God is gracious. Every morning the sun rises and we enjoy its light and its warmth. Every time we breathe in and out, God provides the oxygen that we need to stay alive. Every minute of every day, whether we recognise it or not, we are dependent on God. And yet in the busyness of our daily lives and the temptations that are all around us, we can often find ourselves living as if there is no God. Many of you would know that uh, before I became a pastor, I was running my own automotive repair business. And when I started my business, I worked hard to build that business up from the ground up. For more than two years, I would do my daily job, my day job, and then I would come home and I would work preparing my business most nights till midnight. And then when my business finally began, 
and I started working for myself, it was still another 12 months before we saw any kind of profit. When we work hard at something like that, it's very easy to give ourselves the glory for the opportunities and the resources that God has given us. And I have to confess that if you asked me back then about how it is that I started my business and how I got where I was, I would have told you that I achieved those things by my own hard work. I would have, and did at times, steal the glory that God deserved for having given me all of the opportunities that he gave me. I was a confessing Christian. I was a regular in my church. In fact, I was a deacon, and I was even the youth coordinator for our local church. And yet, in my role as a businessman, I slowly and surely began to believe that I was a self made man. I took a lot of pride in what I did. I wanted to be the best at what I did. But I also enjoyed the praise of others as they reaffirmed what my sinful heart was telling me, that I was a self-made man. And I know I'm not alone in this because God's word tells us that everyone struggles with this desire to steal glory from God and to give it to ourselves. We all want to claim that what we have or who we are is because of what we have done. We're all tempted to be greedy for more and more of the good material possessions that God provides. When in reality, none of us would even be able to take our very next breath apart from the sovereign hand of God and apart from his incredible mercy. But thankfully, we do serve a gracious God who forgives our sins, who is far more patient with us than any of us deserve, and who loves us so much that he came in the flesh and died in our place to take on our guilt and shame. And he did all this while we were stealing his glory for ourselves. Because while he was providing a way of salvation for us, we were still trying to act as though and still believing that we were a self-made people. As this morning's passage begins, Jesus is talking to a massive crowd. The crowd was so big that verse 1 says they were trampling on each other. While Jesus was speaking to this enormous crowd, he has been warning them to be on guard against hypocrisy. Jesus had been encouraging them to be genuine in their relationship with the Lord. While Jesus was speaking to this really large crowd, we're told that there was a man amongst this crowd who doesn't seem to be to have been listening to anything that Jesus has said. This crowd was so large that this man may have just been hanging out in the crowd. He may have even been closing his eyes during the sermon, zoning out while Jesus was speaking. Because when this man spoke up, it was very clear that he hadn't heard anything Jesus had to say. This man who 
Jesus goes out of his way not to name in these verses, calls out, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. He's making a, a commanding Jesus to deal with this situation on his behalf. The relationship between this man and his brother had presumably broken down to a point where they were no longer able to deal with this dispute on their own. This relationship was damaged. This man was so caught up in trying to get what he thought he was owed that he had no interest in dealing with the relational breakdown with his brother. He wanted what he thought he deserved and he demanded that Jesus settle this matter for him. But instead of doing this, Jesus instead said to the crowd, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. As Jesus had been speaking about the kingdom of God, this man was only concerned about building a kingdom here on earth. And now Jesus rebukes this man whilst warning the crowd at the same time, warning them to guard themselves against all kinds of greed. Even as we hear these words, we, we might be tempted to say in our hearts that we are not amongst those who are greedy. We might be tempted to think to ourselves that we aren't people who care all that much about money. We we might tithe. We might give money to gospel ministries. But what Jesus is saying here in these words is that there is more than one way to be greedy. When we think of someone who is greedy, we tend to think of someone who has great wealth and who won't share it in any way, despite having far more than what they need. Don't know about you, you might not even remember him, but when I grew up, we used to, Saturday morning was sitting on the couch and watching cartoons, and uh, we'd often do that. And um, Scrooge McDuck was one of the cartoons that we'd watch. And he would swim through this enormous pile of money that he'd hoarded away for himself. This is the image that Jesus is presenting. And when we think of someone who is greedy, we tend to think of somebody who's absorbently wealthy. Maybe not Scrooge McDuck. But those who have great wealth, who hoard it away for themselves, can be very greedy. But it isn't just those who have great wealth who suffer from this greed because Jesus talks about there being all kinds of greed. We don't have to have a vast wealth in order to be greedy with our resources. We can be greedy with the way we spend our time. We can be greedy with the way we spend our money. We can also be greedy with the way we don't spend our money. We can be greedy towards others as we expect more from them than we would ever be willing to give ourselves. And we can be greedy towards God as we expect him to provide for all of our needs as long as he doesn't ask anything from us. And we can so easily find ourselves enjoying God's blessings 
without giving him the glory. And so to drive this warning home, Jesus warns the crowd not to store up treasures on, in this earth, but to store them up in heaven by telling the parable of the rich fool. As the parable begins, Jesus points out that this man was already very wealthy. That's a very important thing to notice as we come to this uh, parable. He was a rich man. He already had an abundance and so when this already rich man saw that he was about to get an incredible harvest. Now, before I read this, notice the personal pronouns here. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones and there I will store all my grain and my goods and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. From an earthly perspective, this farmer had reached the pinnacle of his success. He'd attained so many material possessions that he would never have to work another day in his life. The people in his community would have looked up to him and admired him, respected him for all that he had achieved in the here and now. He had done his hard work. He had reached the ultimate success in his chosen field. And now it was his time, time that he believed that he had earned, time that he believed he deserved. This rich farmer believed that he was a self-made man. But while he was stealing God's glory away from our creator, God was sending the rain God was providing the sunshine. God was providing him with the nutrients of every crop that he had ever grown. Despite being blessed so abundantly, this rich man held on to the idea that he was a self-made man and refused to give God the glory. He was not only greedy with his wealth as he hoarded away vast possessions without any concern for the poor, but he was also greedy towards God as he kept back for himself the glory that God deserves. And so God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. How devastating would it be to have God declare us to be fools on the day when Christ returns? From an earthly perspective, this man had, was the picture of success. His funeral was probably massive. People probably had wonderful things to say about this man. 
He would have been admired by others for all that he had achieved in this life. Young men would have looked up to him. Older men would have wished that they'd had the same kind of success. When all was said and done, God declared this man to be a fool. He had invested everything into things that were passing away. As the Christian author and pastor Francis Chan once wrote, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at the things in this life that don't really matter. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at the things in this life that don't really matter. This rich fool was incredibly successful, but only in the things that don't matter, only in those things that won't last into eternity. And so at the end of his days, God, the creator of all things and sustainer of all things, declared him to be a fool. This morning's passage is challenging those who trust in Jesus to think about how we are investing our resources. In a sense, this isn't so much about money at all. This is about the condition of our heart. How we spend our money, how we use our time and our other resources and who we give the glory to when we achieve success reveals whether we are being rich towards God or not. Whether we are stealing his glory or giving him the glory that he deserves. The rich fool in this parable believed that he had many more years of rest and relaxation to enjoy. He was going to go grey nomading around the world. And the thought of ever being brought before the judge of heaven and earth, empty-handed, couldn't have been further from his mind. But that very night, that very night, God demanded his life from him. And all of the possessions that he had hoarded up for himself, all of his success that he'd been cherishing, were utterly worthless as he stood before the judge of heaven and earth empty-handed and was declared a fool. Refusing to hoard away wealth for ourselves in this life may not look like success to those who don't know Jesus but it is success in God's eyes. Investing our time and energy and resources in gospel service rather than seeking the praise of others in or outside of the church is success in God's economy. By the world's standards, those who are rich towards God are failures in this life while those who invest in the here and now achieve success, according to this world. But when all is said and done, when we are called before the judge of heaven and earth, the blessing of hearing those words, well done, good and faithful servant, far outweigh anything that this world 
has to offer. So may we be rich towards God. May we live as though our lives could be demanded from us at any time. May we hold on to our possessions loosely and use our time wisely for the sake of the gospel. And may we give God the glory for all that he has done in and through us. May we make much of Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we confess that we have not always given you the glory that you deserve. That our sinful hearts have allowed us to believe that the success we have achieved, we have done in our own strength. Lord, this morning, we pray that you would do a work in our hearts. Help us to give you the glory that you deserve. Help us to be free, to give freely of our resources, of our time and our money and our energy for the sake of the good news that has given us life. Help us to grasp what it means that a man's life does not depend on the amount of possessions that we have. And help us to find our hope and our identity in the saving grace of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen.